Welcome to the Lock In Podcast. This is episode 28 for Wednesday, 21st of October. As of tonight, Ireland is going into level five of uh, living with COVID. That's what they're calling it now rather than lockdown. That's a 5K rule unless you're going for food or essential work. Otherwise, work from home if you can. The Lock In is our podcast for how we live now. We started this way back in April and we didn't really think it was going to go on as long as this. I suppose we didn't know what was ahead of us at the time. Uh, But we've settled into a weekly routine and you can find out all about this show and find past episodes and subscribe for future episodes going out weekly every Wednesday at thelockin.ie. This show is brought to you by Black Knight. We're the Irish web hosting company. But we don't talk about our work or our products on this show, except that I do want to say that one of the things that we did when we started this podcast was we stopped doing our other podcast, uh, our business podcast, the Black Knight podcast, which I'm delighted to say has resumed. We're going to keep it going on a monthly schedule. I'll tell you more about it later on. The first episode of the new season went out earlier this week. Now, while we don't talk about our products or services on this show, we do talk to our friends and we talk to people who do things and organise events that we support. A few weeks ago, we spoke to Una Feely from the Indie Cork Film Festival. And today we're talking to the organiser of another Black Knight sponsored event. That's Owen Kennedy, the organiser of Congregation, the unconference event held each November in Kong County, Mayo. Owen Kennedy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Con. Pleasure to be here again. Owen, we've been involved uh, here at Black Knight with Congregation for eight years now, and I've been looking over some of the terminology that we use when we uh, talk about Congregation. Uh, We've described it as an intimate event, uh, as a bijou conference, a small event in a small village in County Mayo. You get small groups together in what are called huddles. I want to say to you now, Owen, intimate, huddles, cuddles, anything like that, these words are, are haram. This is forbidden. This is uh, not kosher in our current climate. Um, you can't do this stuff anymore. I, I, I presume you got the message about that. Sure did, Con. We got the message um, quite a while back because um, approaching the summer, it was becoming quite clear that mm. things would not go back to normal. And even if they did, uh, there was a duty of care, not only to people who come to the event, but to people who lived in the village. And the last thing I wanted um, mm. congregation to be was the Cheltenham of the events world <laughs> to become a super spreader. So, yeah, so in the middle so in the middle of the summer, we took the choice to kind of move it um, into online, which mm. um, was a hard decision to make on some fronts because um, outside of the huddles and the sharing of information, and how people work together. A lot of the really special part about it was that people had to take the trip to go all the way to Kong and, you know, had this amazing experience of a small village setting for it. But when I look back on the pragmatic things of once people are in the huddles, mm. that part could be replicated. And um, the other thing that went through my mind, and, and it's something that's going through a lot of event organizer minds, is that if you stop for a year, it can sometimes be really difficult to get things back on track. And, you know, God knows um, what next year looks like, whether it would be in, you know, continuous semi-lockdown or semi-social distancing world for quite a while. So rather than skip the year, 
we decided we would compromise and go and do it online this year. Even a, a month or two ago when I was talking to you, and I know that you've been planning and preparing for this, uh, I think you were still hopeful that there could be a, a blended or a hybrid element to it that some people uh, perhaps who live locally could gather in Kong. Uh, with Level 5, that's, that's out of the question. You're 100% online now. Yeah, it's 100% online. So what happened was that a lot of people had, um, a lot of people book in a year in advance, mm. as in they booked their accommodation a year in advance. So for some people, even though they were going to be participating via computer anyway, regardless mm. of where they were, um, they were still going to come down to Kong. So in that semi-blended structure, we had um, organized for people to use the community center where mm. they could log on online in a very socially distance friendly environment and with proper broadband so they wouldn't have been sitting in huddles right beside mm. each other <laughs> strangely mm. they would have been sitting in you know two to six meters away from each okay. other in kong in a yeah. community center so it would have been a, a funny experience but uh, congregations always kind of had funny experiences. Well, um, I come from a place in in East Kerry, Owen, that you may have heard of called Schlievlochre and uh, it's a place that's famous for music and tradition and uh, and things like that and uh, a famous expression, I I don't know who to attribute it to as they say uh, Schlievlochre is not so much a place more of a state of mind and maybe congregations a little bit like that as well we can work in cyberspace we can live and and we can communicate and we can engage. Uh, I I have a sense um, that congregation uh, online uh, can probably work out quite well. I think it can. It's um, to me. It's um, the only leap that people have to make is that the world that the people have occupied for the last couple of months has been very Zoom centric or Team centric or Google Meetups or Google Hangups Hangouts um, and. You know, there is that sense of being exhausted by that process. And what I've found for um, recently with some evening time uh, gatherings that I've gone to, is you feel tired going to it, but you feel really energized afterwards. And it's a little bit like the gym where, you know, you kind of go, oh, let's go to the gym. And you, but you know, if you go to the gym, you'll have a hell of a lot more energy than before you kind of went. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, I think it also works for people in that it makes it easier for them to jump in and out. So just say for some people previously who couldn't make, who couldn't commit to driving all the way down to Carl, and mm-hmm. um, they missed out. Um, or people who kind of went, I could, but I can't do the afternoon. I can only do the morning. So this makes it a little bit easier for people to dip in and out and probably makes it even more relaxed and, and casual um, you know, the people can jump into certain um, Zoom breakout rooms yeah. if that's technology we eventually use, the plan is to. Um, and, you know, if they, if they need to dash off to do something, they can come back again. So it's not like a, it's not school. You're not committed mm. to sitting at your, your computer for X amount of hours on the Saturday, the 21st. Over the years, Owen, um, Congregation has had different themes. Uh, you've explored different themes every year. You've explored the theme of ideas, um, technology, community, things like that. Uh, this year's theme is Society 3.0. Uh, had you um, had had we had the pandemic when you selected that theme or was it uh, was it there already? No, it was pre. It was like mm. pretty much after um, congregation last year. So we mm. um, we pretty much agreed to theme by November, December of last year. So a couple of months before mm. um, COVID kind of really attacked us. But 
it was based upon and uh, the kind of teams for congregation have been kind of driven by what people wanted to talk about and every year it's kind of got broader so as I said last year was community and that kind of naturally led on to but if we're talking about community we should really look a little bit broader and yeah. a little bit further outside of that um, and it's moved quite a lot from the very granular themes of social media and technology which were the earlier kind of years so this year it's 3.0 it's a funny one when you select as a team because so the initial, like, the initial reaction was twofold. One, a group of people kind of went, really, what's society 3.0? Are, what's, what's different? Well, what so, I, you know, yeah, I mean, the first question it. is, what's, what's 1.0 and 2.0? Exactly. And yeah. then, and then a, a totally different group of people who kind of went, we're already in society 5.0. <laughs> so, so, so there's a very different take in so, general. So how do you understand um, it? So my understanding of it, and it, this is the funny part about it, that it's it's all of our own unique uh, takes on it rather than the gospel, mm. is that society 1.0 is when we moved from an agricultural kind of um, base society into more of an industrial society between, between society 2. And now we're moving into uh, a society that has technology um, embedded into it. But not just that. There's other mega trends like mega cities, um, you know, um, mass migration, um, you know, new new modes of um, econ- economics being kind of mm-hmm. dreamed up. You know, the rise of the Chinese kind of economy and how and the alternation of the uh, the current kind of American thought on what mm-hmm. society should and democracy should and shouldn't look like. So it's it's all of those kind of changes kind of happen together. But technology is kind of obviously a big part of it, but it's not the only part. And it's interesting to see even submissions that have come back in. You know, technology is a piece of it, but it's not the only thing that people are kind of talking about. So when I was looking at the team, for me, it's it's really broad. And I think this year is probably more relevant than ever because now we've been given that opportunity to change. Like change is already happening. It's been forced upon us. So now that we're in that mode of change, you know, why why stop? And mm. um, why, you know, stop our thinking? Like this is a unique opportunity to change a lot more things and just take, for example, remote working. And rather than working from home, does it kind of change the way we manage people? Does it change the way we reward people? Does it change the way people live in communities outside of remote working? So the change should be broader than just having to sit in front of your computer at home rather than sitting computer at work. Um, I was hoping people would look at things like the the role of women, you know, with the, with the past and the future and how that's kind of changing now and what's What's the take on the on people in in, ter- in terms of equality, um, immigration and migration? You know the integration, um, how open people are to it and issues that it pops up. Religion, like what's happening with that? Mm. Massive kind of changes there in terms of um, you know people if if they're in a habit of going to mass, they're certainly out of it now. But you know, does it become more important, less important? You know, suddenly the lack of priests, what does that mean for our society? And in fairness, they, they do have a role in community. And um, like, what does social structure look like? Unfortunately, in COVID, we seem to be seeing um, an even bigger division between the mega rich and the, the poor um, and the, 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 the middle class kind of declining almost. So it's kind of what should the societal structure look like? And um, what should democracy look like? And um, in my own submission, <clears throat> I'm reflecting back into like how little I think about um, how um, 
how I would like my world to be structured mm. and how much people thought about it at the very beginning of the Irish state. And they, they thought through what they, they had a vision and they thought through how that vision should be um, manifested and what would need to, to be done to do that. And how little I personally kind of think of it, you know, when you're, it's easy to moan about these things, but it's hard to kind of think about them. And, you know, like what happens with the world of commercialism, uh, you know, the, we're in a, the resources are dwindling. Um, you know, are we going to reduce consumption or is it going into hyper-consumption? How does business work? Mm. You know, because business is an important part for society. You know, is it, um, you know, how's that governance going to change? How are we going to pay people? Is that going to be different? Um, you know, do you have a borderless society, you know, between countries? What, what's going to happen with mega cities uh, versus countries? And that's a, an interesting debate now, especially because up to now, it's been the prediction of mega cities like uh, growing, 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 the mm. populations of 9 million plus. Uh, and what they look like, they're essentially they're mini countries, where now we're, lo- we're looking at maybe um, a reduction, or not a, a reduction in it, but a change to that for its. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, forced re- regionalization almost where people are moving outside the cities to live in the countryside and um, all the way to how we talk to each other how we yeah. communicate how we treat each other what the family structure looks like architecture and yeah. um, how do we you know crime punishment justice how we treat all that the art so yeah. I, I, as you can see i'm, I'm kind of treating it as broad um, as a possibly can and yeah. throwing out the net and just seeing what what comes back. It's extraordinary and I know that's the approach you take every year uh, Owen to it um, but this year is especially extraordinary and I think we are living in revolutionary times uh, and happening faster than we could ever have imagined possible and what the pandemic has has wrought in terms of the the change in society people are struggling to uh, to keep up with actually imagining what's going on and what the the next uh, few few months are going to look like not to mind the next few years um as a case in point uh, I, I just saw a, an article by david mac williams the other day where he was talking about the end of the tyranny of the commute and how property values and things like that are all going to be reimagined in that context um another thing i think that that uh, independently of the pandemic but certainly exacerbated by it is um, the polarization in society as you mentioned inequality the haves and the haves have nots and uh, the the very um the very i think we imagined the internet was going to bring everyone together but in actual fact it's it has caused the most extraordinary polarization in politics that you can see in the united States and in Britain in particular, and in other countries uh, besides, not just uh, and our, our own, I think, is not immune either. Uh, I want to just uh, I'm kind of conscious, Owen, that this podcast is maybe reaching a new audience and while we've been involved with congregation uh, for eight years or so uh, some people don't know what it's about it is an unconference in that uh, there are no uh, there's no podium with speakers here and uh, and an audience there everyone is a contributor everyone is a participant and you can't buy a ticket you have to blog your way in as you used to say yeah, so you put it all very succinctly yeah. there, Con. So it's um, rather than buying a ticket for the event, people earn their way in with a, a written article or an audio or a video article on the theme of Society mm-hmm. 3.0. So people send that to me. That gets published on the website. Once that's published on the website, mm-hmm. that is their ticket to attend on the day. And then on the day, rather than splitting up 
um, the, rather than the usual structure, which is one person talking to everyone, mm. we split people up into um, groups of 10, about 10 groups of 10. Mm. Um, each of those has a chairperson who moderates the discussion, and we call those huddles. Mm. So in each huddle, three people get to present for 10 minutes of the topic, followed by about five or 10 minutes Q&A. Mm. So, and then we rotate and people move after an hour, three people speak at each huddle, and then they move to a new group of people, a new group of 10, uh, three people present and we keep going until everyone's presented. So over the course of the day, everyone gets a chance to um, present and you get to meet as many people as they can possibly mm-hmm. organize. Because um, my take is, you know, sometimes when you're in a in a room, I often think back at college where I was in, you know, some lecture halls with mm-hmm. three, four hundred people. Um, and I knew about four out of that class. Mm. And then I was in other classes of about 30 people and mm. you knew 30 people. So, you know, this perception that it has to be bigger to meet more people mm. is sometimes a fallacy. So I tried to break it down so that there are intimate enough huddles in that, mm. you know, they're trusted places to have uh, a conversation. And that's really, you know, although I talk about the mechanics, the mechanics are just get people to think about the topic in advance. Yeah. And really what congregation does gives them permission to, let their minds go uh, a wandering on that topic and to explore with other like-minded people. We should we should uh, point out to people as well. It's all very well explained at congregation.ie. Um, that's where you can submit your your own entry uh, for for the event if you want to take part. It's where you can read other people's submissions. And uh, the one piece of advice I always give p- to people in relation to congregation is uh, do browse through the site beforehand and figure out who you want to talk to before you even get there, or who you want to hear, who you want to listen to, uh, because it is that kind of intimate event. It's going to be very interesting to see how it works online, Owen, and we're delighted to be involved with you um, again this year. Can I ask you, how, how, how are things with yourself? How's life in Kong County, Mayo? And uh, as I understand it, um, it's, it's bringing changes for, for everybody. You already worked remotely and independently. Uh, your work has changed a little bit uh, and uh, your, your, your life has changed a little, I think, in the last couple of months, you were telling me. Yeah, it has. So, um, the COVID's been in, like, I, I lived in Dublin, moved out of Dublin about 10 years ago to, to, um, Kong and County Mayo. Um, and the, the biggest difference I've seen with, um, COVID outside of the awful human tragedy of it is that uh, on the work front is that, um, when it started, um, a lot of traditional work kind of just ceased. And I think that had a decision attached to it kind of just literally stopped. And then naturally a huge amount of migration onto, onto Zoom, um, and running, running, um, um, Zoom webinars, um, which, which, you know, everyone is attuned to. But to me, the biggest change was almost a change of perception of remote working and remote workers mm-hmm. where before, um, if I'd applied for a job, um, you know, I would have been qualified as other people, but, it would have been problematic that I couldn't be, I couldn't have been in an office in Dublin Monday to Friday, nine to half five. Mm. Um, and it was seen as kind of, well, you're not quite as good as everyone else because you can't do that. And um, the, the biggest change with COVID has been literally overnight that, that that has changed, mm. but actually it flipped. And in the classic pendulum swing, it didn't go to equilibrium. It went all the way to the other side, which, and I'll explain that. So because um, me and a lot of other people like me, like yourself, um, work, we're used to working remotely. So, you know, we have the proper IT setup. We're probably lucky enough to have uh, a proper off-home office. Um, and more importantly, we know how to structure ourselves in that we're 
we're used to the psychology of working remotely. You know, we know we can collaborate um, and using all these amazing collaboration tools. But we know we're self-starters and that we can get up and just get on with jobs and report back in and be part of a team. Where I've seen a lot of people who have been, who've worked in offices with all the usual infrastructure around them and struggle with that. And I really feel for people who are working from kitchen tables with poor broadband because Mm. that is torturous. That's not remote. That's not the remote working experience or shouldn't be. That is working from home in a crisis. Mm. Um, And it's not the same thing where when you have the infrastructure set up and your, your mind is, is, um, focus on what has to happen to work remotely that you've gotten your head around the psychology of it and um, it, it can be a really enjoyable experience so the pendulum actually swing swung the other way where i was overqualified for a lot of jobs because yep you can do that you can use all those tools yeah um you know and it can pop on off to these meetings um and get the work done in between and and I, so it, that, that i think a lot of people have experience mm. and plus now a lot of people who are um, you know now moving looking to move out of dublin who would never have thought they would have been possible are looking to do it um so yeah so i started a new position um in the middle of covid <laughs> uh, after 10 years working for myself so i'm now a conversation design strategist <laughs> very good Excellent. It falls into the era of job titles that didn't exist before. The interesting thing, as you say, uh, is that what was perhaps a disadvantage in the job market uh, before now, i.e. a preference uh, and an ability to work from home, is now an advantage. And and you're finding that that playing playing, uh, to your strengths from that point of view. Owen, uh, I think it was a a management, it used to be a management a problem because they didn't know how to yeah. manage people or somebody had a perception of it. What happened with COVID was everyone had to work from home yeah. so they just had to get on with it. Mm. Owen, oh, uh, congregation.ie is the website. We encourage everyone to go there. Uh, the uh, submissions are being accepted right now on the theme of uh, Society 3.0 and you'll find more ex- instructions on how to actually do that on the website. And uh, the event itself then is going to be the virtual huddles, the virtual getting together. Uh, that's uh, on what date in November? That's on November the 21st. And we will also be doing the poetry open mic and we're hoping to do a stand-up session that evening. Fantastic. Well. Fantastic. Well, I have to say, Owen, I will miss going to Kong this year. And I have been uh, for many of the last uh, seven or eight years uh, been uh, present at Kong and enjoyed it hugely. But uh, I'm looking forward to participating remotely. And to you and to everyone else that's involved, uh, thanks for continuing to do this and uh, the very best to look. Stay, stay safe and take care. Thank you very much, Cam. Stay safe. That's uh, Owen Kennedy, organiser of Congregation. Uh, You can find out more at congregation.ie. As I mentioned, the Black Knight podcast is back. Uh, It's where we talk about work. We talk about domains and hosting and uh, things like that uh, that are more technical and business related. And if you're interested in that, you can find out more at blackknight.blog slash podcast. This week's episode is all about the new .gay top level domain name and how they are building a hate-free zone on the internet. Shinna Wildan Trosa, Gideon Hiedorella, Slán Agus